Was that the best Super Bowl? I'm okay. I'm not gonna say best. Was that one of the best Super Bowls you've ever seen? It's got for me. It's got to be top five, maybe top three. And all the Super Bowls I can remember, that was the just being a neutral in it, and not caring. I mean, that was the best game. I think. I mean, yeah. it just kind of had it all. It wasn't you know super high scoring, but it was uh, it was a fun back and forth game. That like I said, you know, we have a punt off the foot, special teams playing a big factor in it. Um, and you know, just Mahomes being Mahomes, but yeah, it was a great, uh, great Super Bowl. Uh, I, yeah, I can't, me personally, I can't remember a better game than that. I don't know, maybe you, have, have Patriots, we had? Patriots, Seahawks was really, really good. The where Brady yeah, scored twice, yeah. and then there was the, the interception, crazy, the crazy comeback against that one was Atlanta really good. was good, but this one just back and forth was it, it was fun. It might have been the most equal game I've seen. Yeah. I think that might have been a good way to put it. Yep. It felt to me, it's weird to say this, felt to me that both teams had multiple opportunities to win the game and couldn't do it. That that was the weird thing because there really weren't a lot of miscues the entirety of the second half. Like, you had the, the Mahomes interception was a bad throw by Mahomes. The, it was yeah, it was a bad throw. He was open. He missed. Do you him. think he was throwing to Kelsey, or there was a guy behind? I think I think Valdez maybe, Scantling maybe was behind him. Maybe he got him. caught in between because he thought he was going to get hit. But I mean, Kelsey broke wide open. Wide and usually, open. usually he make you know he makes those throws. I mean, bad throws. Weird. Bad throws happen. When he it threw that happens. pick, I thought, I thought, man, this could be this could go bad real quick. As soon as I I, I agree with that, but as soon as they forced a punt oh, right yeah. away, I was yeah. like, okay, well that just honestly, it's even a bigger momentum swing back to the Chiefs that they came out, made adjustments at halftime, and, you know, gave the ball back to San Francisco, what, like on the 40-yard line and held them to zero points. So. Yeah, they were they started on the 44-yard line. This is what, to me, to me this is number one, maybe not the, the most important thing, but it's one of the things, top two or three, that cost San Francisco the game. The first three drives of the second half, they went three and out, Three straight times for a total of negative two yards. In those three drives, they threw the ball eight out of nine times. They ran the ball to McCaffrey once. That is wild to me. That was a massive, massive mistake. And I don't understand why Shanahan can't get out of his own way. He did the same shit in the Super Bowl when he was with Atlanta. Like, they're up big and they're throwing the ball all over the field run the ball to your best player. I mean, here's what's here's like some crazy stats for you. So if you look at McCaffrey's numbers, and I don't want to get too far into into analytics here, but if you look at McCaffrey's numbers, right, they don't look that great in terms of on the ground. He averaged three and a half yards per yeah. carry. But this is crazy. So McCaffrey on his twenty one qualifying runs, fourteen of them were graded as successful. Successful means four yards or more on first down half of the remaining yards on second down and getting a first down on third down, 67% of his runs graded as successful. The reason I like that is because, like, if he runs the ball for one yard on on third and one, that's a good play, but it doesn't take that into account in, in yards per rush. Yeah. So on on running back carries, they as a team, 71% success rate, and yet they threw the ball 39 times and ran it 31 I thought that was a massive mistake, and I thought it started with the second half. Nine of their first ten plays in the second half were throws, and Purdy in that stretch incompleted five straight, 
and that was the time San Francisco had to take control of the game. Yeah, I mean, tell me if you disagree with it. It felt like if the Chiefs, you know, score before half, get the field goal, and they go down and score a touchdown right there, okay, we're right back in it. Now advantage Kansas City. When Mahomes threw that pick, not only that, the ensuing drive after the interception, they pinned him at the one-yard line and forced a punt, and then they got him to go three and out again. It, it, they had three straight opportunities to go take a stranglehold in the game and take a two-possession lead, and they could not do it. It's because Kyle Shanahan put the ball in Brock Purdy's hands and not Christian McCaffrey. That's what I think is a huge, huge mistake by, by Shanahan. Yeah, I probably would have ran it a little bit more. I, I just think that, you know, Spagnola all all postseason, all year has been great at making adjustments. And I, to be honest with you, you know, it's a Super Bowl party, so I'm drinking a thousand beers and not really, really, you know, diving into it. And Did you actually they... fall asleep during the game? Didn't you tell me you fell asleep on the couch? No, that was the day before. Oh, that, that was, was during before. the, my bad, my the bad, my basketball bad. game. No, <laughs> I didn't fall asleep during the Super Bowl. I oh, was your at, phone died I was at a, Yeah, I was at a party, but yeah, no, um... <laughs> no, that I, I wouldn't I, have blamed you. Yeah, I mean, you probably I, I, had about twenty-seven beers. Yes, last night. it was. It was a lot of a lot of Miller Lights. Uh, shout out Miller Light. But no, it was uh, one of those games where I don't know if they brought an extra man. I don't know if they were rolling safeties down to make them like okay, you know, daring them to throw it, and Shanahan having faith in Purdy to be able to do that. Obviously, it looked like to me the um, occasion got to him. You know, yeah. obviously in the second half, it looked he looked a little bit different. Uh, credit to the Niners, they started well. If McCaffrey didn't, you know, fumble that ball. That was huge. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it. Probably they're up 10-0, and that's, you know, pretty good stranglehold on the game because the, the Chiefs weren't doing anything early. But, um, yeah, I was telling everybody I was with at the Super Bowl party that I just, you know, not betting on this stuff anymore. I'm just sitting there thinking, going, man, I, the Chiefs are going to end up winning. They're just going to find it. All it just like you said, the Niners had so many chances to go up two scores or put them away, and when they didn't, you just had the feeling, oh, this is going to be the same old story. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are going to have one drive to go win the game, and they're going to win. You know, any they got the field goal and got it to overtime. Yeah, figured they'd probably just end up scoring a touchdown there, like they always do, but uh, ended up winning the game in overtime. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Shanahan threw it too much. I, I think even if you, you know, have an extra body down there, you got to get it to McCaffrey as many times as possible. He's the best player on the field. Um, credit to the Chiefs. This is what they always do. They just find a way to win games. It's not well, pretty. It's just, you know, this year anyway, you know, in past, they've been, you know, yeah. an offensive juggernaut this year. It's just finding a way, grinding out these games and, and uh, when it comes down to the wire, you know that Kelsey and Mahomes are going to make the plays you need to win the game. What's interesting to me was that the Chiefs, this narrative is so reliant on like a couple of really big things going the Chiefs' way. Like the blocked extra point. Moody hadn't missed an extra point the entire year. I think he was like 62 of 62 or something like that. Um, you know, given credit to him hitting two 50-plus yard field goals, including one that was the longest kick in Super Bowl history, a record that stood for like two minutes because Harrison Butker came back and nailed one the next couple drives, but from 50, 56 or whatever, but 57. Um, but what was really interesting to me was the Chiefs, to me, as somebody, so I, full disclosure, right? Like if you knew this, but I, I bet on the Chiefs team total in the first half over 10 and a half, thinking that, you know, they had gone over that total a lot. 
13 of 15 playoff games, and I just thought Andy Reid would have a good game plan. He did not, which I'll get to in a second. Um, but, it, you know, I thought coming back in the second half, they would have a shot. If they didn't go over that team total, I could have an opportunity to bet them live, so I did. And so as somebody who bet on the Chiefs, I'm watching, like, multiple drives at the end of the game thinking, okay, it's Mahomes. He's got the ball. For example, the one the, the one right before uh, right before the Niners got it in the tie game. So they, it was after the blocked extra point. Chiefs get the ball. I'm like, all right, they're down three. They're going to score a touchdown. They get a first and goal at the four mm-hmm. and don't score, yep. right? So, like, huge. Like, you think, you know, again, you think about narrative. Okay, they don't score there. The next possession – the Niners have a third down and four, four and a half inside the Chiefs' 30-yard line or inside the Chiefs' 40-yard line. And if the Niners convert that first down, the game is over because, well, assuming Moody makes the kick, which he did end up making, again, a little bit different pressure there when it's zero seconds left. But if they get that first down, the game's over. And now the narrative is, man, the Chiefs really struggled in the red zone because they did. Into the game, right? They get down inside of the 10. I know that was different because the time ran out, but they had two shots at the end zone. Don't score because they didn't take the second shot, which I thought they should have with six seconds to go multiple times. And then, you know, it just, it seemed to me like this, this could have very, very easily gone the other way. And it's why last week when we talked about it, I said, I just, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I'm picking the Chiefs, but there's something about this game that just feels like it's going to be closer than people think. And it, it really was that, you know, if that, Honestly, if they don't fumble on that punt, I don't know if the Chiefs win. I think that that changed the whole game because oh, it gave the for Chiefs sure. the lead. They scored the next play. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was that flipped the whole game on its head. I think another thing that really just screwed the Niners is losing Greenlaw in the beginning of the second quarter is a killer for them. I mean, he's their freak accident. He's their, yeah, but he's actually been suffering with some kind of an Achilles. So I guess that's what. I didn't know that when you had, because I was reading about it here, Achilles tendonitis, maybe that, you know, you're much more likely to just tear your Achilles because that's what happened. So I didn't know if it was one of those things that just hurts like a you know motherfucker or it's like something that can really, you know, ruin, be a career-ending injury. Well, you but I mean, Kevin Durant in the finals yeah. was the same thing. He was dealing with that same injury and yeah. calf issue, and then all of a sudden it just popped. Yeah. It feels like it's it's a progressive yeah. thing. It's it might, going yeah. to happen. Yeah, it's got to be. So, yeah. And obviously he's always going to try to play in the Super Bowl, so you can't fault him for that. But that's a huge blow for them next year. They're going to be without him probably the whole season. Especially the way it happened because it wasn't on a plate. He was like – and it, went, it wasn't like it was a celebration or anything. Yeah, but he's hopping around field, ready yeah. to go and jump on the field and just steps, and it was just the weirdest little thing. Like, And, again, there's no – you can't say that this was a turf thing, right? This is grass. They're playing on, on natural grass. Like, this isn't – this is just a freak injury. Like, he's had issues with the, with the Achilles. It sucks. That was a – and I, I think that's a great point because – I think that that is an underrated part of this game. Like, that is a huge— Oh, it was huge. Huge. I mean, that's, he, listen, huge. they have other talent on defense, but he's like their heartbeat on defense. That yep. guy, he's— he, Him know, and Fred Warner. Yeah, that's it. I mean, him and Fred Warner. And, uh, yeah, Greenlaw plays really, really hard, plays with an, ed, you know, an edge. And that's, you know, when you lose somebody like that with three quarters going to the Super Bowl, it certainly doesn't help. Uh, yeah, I think it really came down to— Chiefs being there in the second half, knowing the situation, being more prepared. Um, you can touch on that here in a second. You're telling me before the podcast, but I think um, 
two, it really just came down. The game almost just came down to special teams. Like, it, that was a freak, obviously, incident where it bounces off his foot and the Chiefs get the ball and score. But then also when Harrison Bucker made that long kick, it was a bad snap and the ball came out extremely low. And this is – you might want to just chalk this up as lucky too. I don't know if you saw the replay. It looked like he tipped it. All There's like four Niners that could have blocked it. Right. And it shot in between all their – in between all their, their hands. Like, you know, you got to – not to say that, you know, it's an easy thing to do, but, like, you need to be able to b- block that kick, and they should have. I mean, they it was should've. a bad snap, and it came out super, super low. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that that happened, the miss extra point, obviously. And then, you know, with credit to KC there by getting their hands up and blocking it. And then um, the freak, uh, you know, the touch on the punt that's uh, really – probably cost them the game when you really look at it. I mean, who who knows? Chiefs could end up winning that game, but like you said, the offense hadn't done anything, Nothing. and then they just gifted them a touchdown, essentially. So, Did it surprise you the amount of miscues that happened early in the game we had? So we had McCaffrey, who never puts the ball on the ground, fumbles on the first drive, and a drive that I really think the Niners were going to score a touchdown. They were doing whatever they wanted. Looked like it, yeah. Um, you know, then you have Pacheco, who, to my, in my opinion, played a horrific, horrific game. And he fumbles the ball inside the 10-yard line, cost the Chiefs at least three, if not seven. He also, even though it wasn't a good toss by Mahomes, he dropped a pitch later in the game that, that cost them a drive. You had the fumble. That was right out of halftime, yeah. The that first was the first play drive, yeah. yes. And that lost 12 yards, so it went to a second and 22 and essentially forced the punt. Oh, no, that, I'm sorry. That was right before the interception. Um, so... You had those. You had the Mahomes interception, which he hadn't thrown an interception like like four or five playoff games. So, like, did that surprise you? Because, like, I thought going in, I thought, okay, you know, maybe the Niners make some mistakes because they haven't been here, or most of them have. It was four years ago, and it's only a few of the core guys. But all the Chiefs, so most of them have been in this spot before, right? Like, that, did that surprise you that there was that many miscues in a game like this? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just obviously I think the pressure of the Super Bowl. I, the uh, the McCaffrey fumble, it was just the perfect. He got hit. The ball kind of started coming loose. And then, you know, the second man in just had a perfect shot on the ball. It takes a lot for him to fumble. That's kind of like a another fluke, honestly, because it just doesn't happen. And he's... And Never. you got Pacheco, who has put the ball on the ground before. It's not like it's his first time. So, yeah, the toss from Mahomes, though, like you said, it certainly wasn't a great toss. And that's what everybody was yelling at the Super Bowl yeah. party. But I was like, but Pacheco should have been able to catch that ball. So, anyway, and then, yeah, that put him behind the sticks, and he threw the interception. That was a surprising one to me because you just never see him really miss throws like that. I think he just stepped up, was trying to make sure that the ball got over the first defender, which it was going to because Kelsey cleared him and just – sailed on him and he ended up throwing an interception. So, yeah. but I do think he was trying to throw the ball to Kelsey there because I, anyway, that's that was usually, just, you know, I usually who he's trying to find, obviously it is scrambling. So I thought he wasn't because I just was shocked that he could miss a throw that bad. Cause if he was throwing to Kelsey, that was one of the worst throws he's ever made. It was bad. It was a real bad miss. Um, I do want to talk about the Chiefs. I just forgot. I wanted to mention this. This is a crazy stat. The Niners trailed in that game for a total of six minutes and six seconds. That's wild this is why it's more wild to me 
they threw the ball 39 times and ran it 31 in a game that they trailed by only for only six minutes. That's ridiculous. This is on Shanahan, but I do want to touch on the other side too. Andy Reid, like as good as he was late, it's as bad as he was early. I mean, what was the game plan? I mean, it was horrific. The early down runs killed me. I watched them hand the ball to Pacheco on first down and get one or two yards. I think it happened eight times, and I think six of the eight times that they started with an early down running back run, they punted or you know didn't get a first down on that series. And he continued to do it all night long. It was so weird. I mean, Pacheco, he had one big, like I think it was like a 25-yard run. If you take that out, he was horrible all night. It was really, really weird. I, I, I'll give Steve Wilkes a little bit of credit. I don't think it was him. I think it was more, uh, I think your talent comes out in a game like this. Like Chase Young had been like getting a lot of heat for loafing for the last couple games. And he comes out and, you know, makes a big impact. Gets a sack early on, has a couple quarterback hurries, tackle for loss. So like, I think their talent came out in this one. But it did, oh, yeah. it did really surprise me that you watched the Lions just torch this defense a couple weeks ago. And the Chiefs with Mahomes, and I know they don't have the weapons that the Lions have, but, you know, I, it shocked me that they couldn't do anything. They really looked like they couldn't do shit. And Andy Reid is at fault for that. He did not coach well, a good game yeah, until the second half. I think what happens is, but I, to me, so I always say, I, and it's the same thing with Nick Saban. I think that the coaches, even though they can't change a ton at halftime, the, the, the thing that makes you a great coach is obviously you want to have your team prepared to play. But being able to make whatever that small adjustment is at halftime that him and Spagnola have done all postseason, you know, obviously Spags is the defense and Andy's the offense. But to me, the game plan made sense because if you look at the two games the Niners played before, they got absolutely just run all over by the Packers and the Lions. Yep. I mean, Aaron Jones, I'm looking at it here, 18 carries, 108 yards. Then Montgomery had like 96 yards, I think, and Gibbs even had another 60 or oh, 70. Oh, they ran all over. So seeing that, and, and you know, you have to be like, look, we're going to come out and try to establish the run early, and even if it's not working, you have to stick to it, stick to the script somewhat. I agree with you. He probably did it a little bit too much, made some adjustments at halftime. But once again, and, and we talked about how bad the Niners' defense looked. Like you said, this is the Super Bowl, and they're fucking loaded talent-wise. Right, right, right. They're the best defense in the league talent-wise. This is why you go get those, those guys. guys. Yeah, so th that's the deal, and it's you know, they, they showed up. All the credit to them. They played a pretty good game. Um, they just, you know, the offense couldn't make enough plays, and you had the fluke fumble on the punt and whatever. That was a game that could have gone either way. We talked about it. I expected it to be a close game. I said, you just if it's going to be a close game, you just got to go with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid yep. and Travis Kelsey who have done it. You don't go with Brock Purdy. So no, you're I don't right. Think, I don't think Brock. Listen, I don't think Brock Purdy had a horrific game. He he was okay in my mind. Sure, the pressure got to him in the second half. You could tell it. You could tell. But I just think that Shanahan put too much pressure on him. He should have handed the ball off more, like you stated. You in in dink and dump it to McCaffrey, McCaffrey screens whatever it may be just get the ball in his fucking hands because he's your best player you know and then Debo go Debo gets hurt that right? hurt so he came back whatever for a bit I think whatever with the hamstring but clearly he wasn't, he wasn't the, the same. same he was a decoy you just have got to get the ball to McCaffrey 
They, to me, they put too much on the shoulders of Brock Purdy. I think he's a fine player, you know, whatever. But, you know, get the ball to McCaffrey. And you made that point earlier. Um, But, yeah, this is a game that could have gone either way. I would say the special teams and just the Mahomes factor was the difference. And I I like the adjustments that Spagnola and uh, Reed made at halftime. They, I mean, they, they controlled. Not to say that anybody, like, really, you know, like you said, took the game when there was opportunities to take it, but they seemed like to be in more control. Like like I said, just being a neutral party, as soon as I – and we talked about it, why not take another shot with six seconds? And I told you before the yeah. podcast, probably because Andy Reid just knew, like, look, I don't want anything horrific to happen here. Six seconds, you know, if Pat takes off, you know, for a second or two more than he should and throw it and time expires – he shouldn't do that, obviously, but he knows in overtime. Look, I give it a pos- I get a possession. We have all the momentum. I got the better quarterback here. We're just gonna we'll go to overtime I and take our it. chances there. I get I it. I would have thrown one. I would have I would have trusted him because he's been in the situation before and be like, hey, look, this is what we're running. If it's not there, just throw it out of the back of the end zone or throw it yeah. at his feet and kick a field goal. But and he's because not wide open, and because but. they had a timeout, so like if disaster strikes and it was a quick sack or something, then you could still call a timeout. I guess the idea is like if somebody were to get beat real quick, you know, uh, off the edge and it's a fumble and the ball's loose, like you just and another thing that goes into it too, which my buddy made a good point. The snaps from that center had Horrible. not been great. Horrible. So that I also think definitely went into it. Andy Reid's like, if he just snaps this thing wide right and something happens, then you know, we'll just we'll just go into overtime. But yeah, yeah that was just, weird that he, kept he had, a, that he had a, even on that drive he had a couple bad snaps. There was so. one I don't know if it was on that drive or if it, if it was the drive before, but there was one like late in the game that was low in a big big moment, and it was like Mahomes like snagged it somehow, and yeah. it was it was like at his feet. There was one earlier in the game that Mahomes had to pick up because it was super low. It was a fumble. There was a lot of that, – that guy, that guy had a weird, bad game. Um, I want to bring up one point on the game, too. So, the I think this is a really interesting de- debate. Shanahan, and I give him a lot of credit for this, this that he did. In the second half, it was the fourth quarter, and the Chiefs clearly had all the momentum. They had taken the lead by three after the fumble uh, on the on the punt, right? The Niners are driving, and they they run it on fourth and two and a half, three. McCaffrey loses like half a yard or a yard, and it ends up being like they they said it was a fourth and three. I think it might have been closer to a fourth and four. And we've talked about this for as like progressive and you know like like. People see him as this young, innovative guy who uses analytics. For, for a guy like that, Shanahan is actually, like, uber conservative. He always kicks the field goal there, and he didn't. And to his credit, that was the right move. Like, if you kick the field goal there and give Mahomes the ball back in a tie game, you know, good luck. So it, I thought that was really, really smart by him to go for that, and they threw a, a little out to George Kittle. And George Kittle, who didn't do anything all night, Mm-hmm. did make a humongous play there because he was very close to getting tackled short and he got the first down by just beating his defender to the outside. Now, they end up scoring a touchdown there and that's why the Niners had essentially a leg up, I think, to win the game. That's where the extra point got blocked, right? Yes, exactly. So here's my here's my question then because I, I watched Shanahan after the game talk about this in the postgame conference. In overtime, he's essentially in the exact same scenario. 
it's a tie game now. Before, you were down three. So I get it, right? Like, you know, momentum was a big factor in that. Here, you're in a neutral game state, and you can't get no points. I understand that. But you you were aggressive in the previous moment. It worked. And I just think about, okay, number one, what does the defense not want us to do here? In my opinion, it's go for it. Like, I don't want to have – we just got to stop. We held him to a field goal. We know we have Mahomes. Mahomes, you know, I'm thinking 90% chance he's got a field goal, 70% chance he's going to score a touchdown here. If we hold him to a field goal, that's a massive win for the defense. So, to me, in that moment, I, I get it. If you don't get it there, right, like everybody criticizes you and and you lose. But it, it's the same thing to me. If you don't get the other first down, you probably lose the game. You're down three in the fourth quarter, and you give Mahomes the ball back in a game where they're finally starting to get some offense and move the ball. They just scored, given it was on the fumble. But I I will say my dad said we were watching the game together. Big Dog said, uh, I said, are they going for this? Because for a second, the offense stayed on the field. And, and he was like, they should go for it. And I was like, no, they shouldn't. And I said, no, they shouldn't, because I wanted Mahomes to get the ball back down by three, have a shot. I didn't want, it, I didn't want him to score a touchdown. And then I'm like, uh-oh, now we got to score a touchdown just to tie it here. I would have gone for it, just looking at the way, the way that game had gone. My defense was not getting stops late. They were tired. And I just, I'd rather put it on my offense that I run, and we've had success all game. I know the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs are a good defense, and early in the second half, they did a great job. But they burnt out at the end. That was apparent. Like, literally, the only reason, the only reason that the Chiefs were able to get stops is because on the two biggest plays of the game, the third and four in the fourth quarter on the final drive for the Niners, and the third and four in overtime inside the 10-yard line, both of them, what did the Chiefs do? They were burnt out, so they, they sent six guys. And they got there, and in, in the first one, they tipped the ball. The second one, they forced Brock Purdy to basically throw it away. And so, it just, your offense had been the better unit all game in the second half from, like, the third quarter, mid-third quarter on after those first three drives. I'm going for that. I get it. He, he gets reamed if they go and don't get it. I think um, I'm usually uh, an advocate for the go for it. I think uh, – in regulation, I definitely would have gone for it there. Um, my guy, Dan Campbell, would have definitely gone Big for it Big ball, there. Dan. Um, but in overtime, with it being, what was the yardage on it? Was it was it, four. Same, basically the same. It was yeah, maybe a half yard more. I I kick it in OT, and the only reason I say that really? is. Really? The only reason I say that is because I, I get that the defense is worn down and stuff. But it, the thing that factors in for me is it, if you don't, if you if you kick it, then when they get down there, you know, in the forty or the score zone, the Chiefs they only have three downs, and then they have to kick a field goal. If not, they have four downs and can you have four downs. That's the benefit, in yeah. my opinion. You know, you that's the benefit of, and we've talked theoretically. about theoretically. If you need it, you have the extra. Uh, down. Let's talk about that too in a second. Yeah, yeah. and we we talked about uh, you actually take the ball first in overtime. Do you, do you take it second? But to me, I probably would have kicked it there just because the factor of the extra down, and if they get put in a situation where it's like third and 10 or something, you know, like obviously they're going to try to get the first down, but things come into it where they're obviously not playing for a field goal, but in the back of the mind, in the back of your mind when you're Andy Reid, you know, hey, a field goal is an option here and we can keep playing. I, I don't know. I, I, I can see both sides of it. I just, if it's fourth and two, dude, I go for it because they have to honor the run or the pass. When it's fourth and four, 
they know Brock Purdy's going to throw the ball, and I don't think I'm putting the game in, in his hands here. I get in regulation they did it, but with it being a three-point game, there was still like seven minutes left in the game, right? At, at that point, you can still definitely get the ball back and have another shot. Overtime, if you don't get it, the game's fucking over. I, I get mean, that. Two big mistakes I do think as well is I thought in regulation on the third and four when they were – Basically, it was a situation where you're down, you're tied, and a first down ends it. Right? I know this is wild, but I would have run the ball on third and four. I would I would have run like a draw to McCaffrey at the very least a screen. What has Spagnola done in every big moment? He blitzes. It's what he does. He's notorious yeah. for it, and they were showing it. I mean, they did a good job of disguising where it was coming from, and they, they you know, Purdy is, did a terrible job of reading the blitz, and that's what, what cost them the game because those two plays, the blitz got there because he didn't know where it was coming from. Nobody pointed it out. They had a free rusher. But to me, dude, if you – obviously a screen pass would have been ideal, especially that second one because you know the blitz is coming. Did they run sure. any screens the whole game? I'm they, trying they to really look back. Didn't. I'm trying to look back and remember when they, they ran a screen pass. They ran, they ran a few wide receiver screens, yeah. but that was it. Dude, really weird. I'm shocked they didn't. That's a great point. The, the fact that they didn't run any running back screens in McCaffrey is really weird. The only one that was technically a screen was the touchdown, but that was a that was like a, uh, a trick play, right? Like the wide receiver pass to Jennings was technically a screen pass yeah. back the other way. Um, but yeah, dude, if I'm if I'm the Niners there, even let's say I don't throw a screen pass, I'm running the ball and just giving myself a chance on fourth down to go for it. Like yeah, that's well, got to be my mindset. You could there. get it. You could get it on the. You could get it, on, get it on, on the run. run. Yeah, get it on the run with McCaffrey. I mean, I think I, I don't. Yeah. I certainly don't hate that decision. Reed was Andy Reed was driving me crazy a lot of the time with. I, I just with the runs. I agree with you in certain situations, and obviously we're kind of talking about Shanahan there. But like, to me, when you get down like inside the twenty, and he did this several times, he would run it on second and seven to get it to like. Third and four. Yeah, so stupid. And, and it's already a condition. Like, you're already in the red zone. So, I'm like, I, I don't know what good that does to you. Unless you think you're going to pick up the first down there. Like, I, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good to get three or four yards. Um, but that that's one of those things I can't stand. I get doing that on certain parts of the field. But, like, once you get into the red zone, second and seven, to me, I'm just like 90% of the time you're not going to hand that off and get it, right? It might turn yeah. into – I don't know, but I'm I'm with you on the third and four. Get make you can get it the first down, you can get it the fourth and one, and then you have options. But um, well, let's yeah. let's. I want to touch to. Uh, I know. Look, this is the last football game of the year, so we're gonna we're gonna milk this for all it's worth right here, right? So we're gonna get every every ounce of football out of this Super Bowl game uh, before we bring Big Dog in and talk a little college basketball. But I want to talk about the overtime, the decision. Um, you know, we talked about this off air before we came on a little bit. And we were kind of discussing what the strategy is. I, it's funny because it just to me that I hate how everybody just looks at the result, and and it's like, oh, of course you should have, of course you should have kicked the ball there. Why would you ever receive? I'm I was completely the opposite thinking. I I have to believe, and I could be wrong. I have to believe the analytics say you take the ball, knowing that if you both score. Zero. If you both score a field goal, if you both score a touchdown, there's all those different scenarios that could play out where you get the ball and you win with a any score. Which and, is like, I mean, you would assume the odds on like if you both match, right? Your odds of winning the game have got to be over seventy percent. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. There's no. I don't think there's any 
scenario where if you take it second, like it improves your odds that much, right? No, like it may give you an extra down or whatever, or you can go or, but the, the counter argument to it is, is if we score a touchdown and the chiefs go down and score a touchdown, the chiefs are going for two a hundred percent of the time. Do you think they for sure are? I think you have to, because there's no way to justify not doing it because if if it's a 50-something percent chance, right, you get the two, right? And I get you're getting – it's one play for the Super Bowl. But if you kick it deep, like, we could look up the old overtime rules where it's like, hey, what are the – you know, when you got the ball first in old NFL sudden-death football when all you needed was a field goal to win, what percentage does that team win? It's probably well over 60%, right? So oh, if you're talking about the old, old yeah. one, it's probably, yeah, probably more 70, than that. Yeah, that's probably. what I'm saying. With just a field goal, yeah, yes. But that's what I'm saying. So that's what your, your your alternative is if you make the extra point. Those become your I odds agree now. With you. I agree Even with you. Even if you make the extra point, which is 95%, obviously. So the whole deal is the counter argument to getting the ball first was like, well, the Chiefs go down and score a touchdown, they're going to go for fucking two anyway. But I still agree with you. I still think you do take the ball first because you can match the field goals. That's right. A, match that's, the field goals or match the zero, that's an, that, right? Yes, punt, that's, punt. that's an an outcome that is likely and could absolutely happen. R zero zero. Right. And, and, and yeah. even if you – like, let's say the Niners go down and score there. Now, from the Niners' perspective, like, you're expecting to score a touchdown, right? So, if I go score a touchdown on that first drive, now we essentially have a chance, okay, if they don't score, we win. And even if they do score, we still have a 50% chance, a little bit less, of getting a stop and winning the Super Bowl if they go for two. If they don't go for two, we're going to get it back, and all we need is a field goal. There's just so many outcomes where you still win the game. Yeah, I think, I, I just think, I think the math definitely probably, and this is new to everybody, right? That's why everybody's like going, well, no, I don't know. I think you take it second because you get the extra down. But I think if you run the simulation on this, the math backs taking the ball first every 100% single time. 100% you're taking yeah. the ball first because you also think about the fact of this. Let's say you take the ball second, right? Let's say you're the 49ers, you take the ball second. Mahomes goes down and scores a touchdown. Now, not only do you have to score, but you have to get the two because like you said, like when you're thinking about it from that perspective, I don't just have to score. I have to score and get the two. So what are the odds that I score a touchdown and get a two-point conversion, which is gotta be relatively low like i would say the odds that you're driving 75 yards scoring a touchdown in a game like this and getting a two-point conversion have to be below below 25 percent i mean i understand oh know, no it is yeah, yeah. especially yeah, yeah. with with the niners being purdy and, and being having purdy as your quarterback i just think to me it's just the irritating thing to me is everybody acting like oh yeah of course they should have done this not to mention I, and Shanahan, I listened to him in the press conference after the game, and he di- he did say this wasn't a factor, but this was just a bonus. His defense had been out there a ton in the second half. They were just on the field for the final drive where it was a, a fast yeah, pace. They're no gassed. They're yeah, gassed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he said, he goes, we predetermined. I'm like, he's not dumb. We predetermined we were taking the ball. He's like, it wasn't a decision. Like, we knew we were taking the ball. Now, I will say – I want to make one point. I told you this before we came on. This is crazy to me. I was listening to a lot of players after the game. Mahomes said this. Kelsey said it. Mahomes really emphasized this. He was like, every fucking meeting we were in, like in the whole playoffs and even in the end of the regular season, I was like so tired of hearing it, but they kept telling us, here are the overtime rules. Here are the overtime rules. If you go, if they get the ball, you each get a chance to match. It's like a regular game. It's like you're playing a first quarter. So they knew exactly the rules. They were very, very prepared. I don't know 
knowing the rules, how much it had a bearing on the outcome. But at the end of the game, when the clock's running down, they then asked the Niners in their press conference, and they said, we didn't know. And somebody said, did the coaches you know, prepare you for that? They said, I had no idea. We didn't know. So the, the Niners coaches had no idea, or, or they didn't tell the players, yeah. here's the rules of overtime if we get there. Like, that should be a point of emphasis as somebody who's a coach who, again, I coach at the high school basketball level. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not an NFL coach by any means. But I'll tell you what, as a JV high school basketball coach, we sure prepared for a lot of scenarios. We'd practice, like, down by two shooting one free throw with, with two seconds to go, miss the free throw. Uh, down by four with 10 seconds to go, not having a timeout left scoring and taking an intentional delay a game we'd practice this crazy shit i'm a jv i was a jv basketball coach you're an nfl head coach and you have all this time with your guys that has got to be a point of emphasis yeah no, that's crazy that just me. shows you that the chiefs are, be- are better coach and that's championship pedigree you go over every little situation that you know and they're just prepared for everything so them knowing i guarantee you them knowing the rules and having no panic obviously on that last drive and then the Niners, I guarantee you half the Niners defense, I guarantee you half the Niners defense saw if the clock expired. They won the game. I promise. Yeah, they did. Uh, they they did. definitely did. <laughs> they definitely did. <laughs> if they didn't know that before the game, but, it was like, you know, go out there and get a stop. And they're like looking at the clock, like, man, we're about to win this bitch. By, by the mean, way, like, would that, would that not have been the funniest ending? To a Super they start Bowl ever? celebrating. What if, like, well, well, no, what if the, what if the rule was that the clock just expires, the game's over? Like, and no one knew. <laughs> the like, Niners win the game. Or Andy like Reid had been tolling the boys wrong all week. It's like, what do you mean? No, that's it. That's, you got to score before it. the clock expires. <laughs> that would have been actually the funniest into a Super Bowl ever. Yeah, now that's just, yeah, but being, you know, better prepared, and that's what the Chiefs were clearly. I mean, if they're going over things like that and the Niners have no idea, that's just preparation, and that's why they're so damn hard to beat in the playoffs and Super Bowl. So, real quick before we, before we, I want to keep going on a few things, a few more things I got to ask you on the Super Bowl, and I want to touch, but since the, since we dove into this, I don't know if you have a dumbass of the week, but we oh. did this segment last time. If you don't, I have three, so okay, I got you, you covered. You go. You okay. give me the dumbasses of the week. So I, don't I got have the any. dumbasses of the week. So my, I'm going to go like lowest to highest. So okay. No, number one is Marquez Valdez Scantling in overtime on first and 10. They threw him the ball. Did you see this? You remember this? It was a first and 10. They threw him the ball. It was a five-yard gain, and he got thrown backwards instead of falling down. Oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. then, And then he, when he regained his balance, it would have still been only a no gain, and the motherfucker ran backwards four yards and lost. I mean, that could have cost him the game. Yeah, I was... believe on that sequence, is that the one that ended up being a fourth down? I can't remember if they got the first down before fourth down on that one or if that was after it. No, I think that was that play, was that the and then series? Mahomes took off on – because they had fourth and one in OT. It yes. was an OT, yeah. It was, it they was had to get it. It was like, here's the, here's the game, and Mahomes right. took off and got the first down. Which, by the way, uh, on that play, and I'll get, I'm will get i going to get back to my dumbasses of the week, but on that play, they I watched that again. Joey Bosa, and I'm sure this was his responsibility, but he crashes because Mahomes doesn't pull that all year. I get it. Yeah. But if he just, like, has an instinct right there to not crash, they win the Super Bowl right there, right then. Because he was yeah. – I know, I know, I know. You're, he's never pulling you gotta, that. You got to sell out and hope you stop him, I but get I get it. it. Yeah, they yeah, they yeah. run out the middle on every yeah. like, short yardage situation there, but it's just like Romo said it uh, in the game. Like, is there any thought at any time with the game, with the Super Bowl on the line to not put the ball in Mahomes' hands? Like, you're going to yeah. give it to Pacheco there, really? You think they're going to take it out of his hands? If, if you're just Bosa and you think that in your mind and you stay there, you win. Because there, Kelsey wasn't really open. It was – that's what, by the way, that's what Alabama should have run on the goal line against Michigan. 
a little fake inside run and roll Milrow out. And, and it, you know, like that. That's what they said was originally called. The same was like, called timeout was Tommy yeah. Milrow play. Yeah. So he ran it right up the gut. Yeah, it's so <laughs> like, dumb. He's like, I love how he threw Tommy Reese in their butts. He's like, Tommy thought that yeah, was the best call. Yeah, Tommy thought it was the best call. It was Tommy. <laughs> he just loved, yeah, let's anything, anybody but my fault. Yeah. Uh, okay, my dumbass number two, and I want to talk about this after I finish these. Uh, let's just talk about it here. My dumbass number two of the week goes to Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. I mean, goes over and loses his absolute mind on Andy Reid. I mean, Andy has a new hip. That's borderline elder abuse. That's assault. That is, el- <laughs> that is elder abuse. That is, That's help, funny. I've fallen Andy's and I can't got, get up. Andy's got a new hip. Andy does have a new hip. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Andy was joking about it after the game. But, uh, you know, look, to me, that was ridiculous. And there was a lot of people There was actually really funny. And I'm not trying to get into uh, a racial aspect here, but there was a lot of black uh, NFL players that were tweeting after that, like, if I did that, I'd be out of the league. And it's actually like, I, I disagree. I think the truth of the matter is, if it's a, if that's anybody but Mahomes or Kelsey, they probably don't play the rest yeah. of the game. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, maybe, maybe Chris yeah. Jones could get away with it too. But like, you know, Kelsey is like his son. That's the kind of relationship they have. That said, I, I you know, the, the physical part of it is what bothered me. I mean, just you, you, Tom Brady even tweeted about it. Like, you just you just can't, no matter how emotional the game is, you just cannot do that. And, and like, that look, was, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty bad when get, I saw it. Getting I like, into it with your I, coach gasped, I gasped for air. I was like, oh my God, he hip checked Andy. <laughs> Thank God he's all right. I mean, and Andy wasn't paying attention either, so it like really caught him by surprise. Chris like got, Berman at the end of the game gave uh, Andy Reid a couple cheeseburgers. I saw that from In and Out Burger. In and Out Burger. That was great. By the way, Chris Berman, man, that dude should be on every. Yeah, he's the best. I mean, how how if ESP? I know he kind of wanted to take a break for a while, but he's coming back. Kind of, yeah. they need to give him a prime time spot. There's That's, nobody better the than Chris. There's Berman. nobody better than Chris Berman, and not to mention all the players and the coaches love him. Like. Yeah. That was the interview everybody wanted Boomer. to do after the game. He's the best. Andy Reid gave him a hug. You know, that was that was um, awesome. It was funny when they gave him the In-N-Out burgers right there. There was two of them. I thought he was going to take a bite on TV, <laughs> but he didn't. And, you know, some guys would have been like, oh, thank you as a joke. And then, like, after, like, walked away and left it, Andy picked that bitch up oh. and took it. He was about to finish those two cheeseburgers yeah. right away. He was, yeah, he he was not right. letting those things go. Um, but, yeah, to me, to me, dude, Travis Kelsey has become – He's become the the character that he's been built into, I I think. Like and I get it, right? Like you become the number one podcast in the country, right? Like if we got to be a giant podcast and we were popular, I'm sure we would have I, I might even bump fucking big dog like that if we become number one. <laughs> I might have to fucking hip check big dog in here. I Except would, he would fire my he would get rid of me real quick. Get the been, fuck out of here. You would need a new studio, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, Oh, uh, dude, you yeah, missed something. We gotta, we gotta superimpose my face and Big Dog's <laughs> face on this little Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey picture. Well, That's fucking funny. Well, you missed some, you missed some good, um, some good, you know, takes and laughs last night with Big I'm, Dog. I'm I mean, sure I did. Very entertaining. Uh, a game. It was weird, you know. He was rooting for the Chiefs at first, and then switched to the Niners, and then he kept going back and forth. I didn't know who he wanted to win in the end. It's weird. I like. I didn't have a dog in the fight. I knew, I knew a lot of people like you. You know, you bet on the Chiefs. And some some other people there bet on them too. I was like, man, I guess I'll root for him. Listen, Mahomes drives me crazy, but him being a Texas Tech guy, it was like, I guess, I guess to me, I root for them probably deep down only because I, I 
I'll tell you this. If it was fucking Detroit Lions, I would have been going crazy. Yeah, I know Campbell you would have. You're a big Dan Campbell yes, guy, of yes. course. Big ball Dan. Fucking Godzilla ball Dan. Godzilla ball Dan. But, I, like, I can't root for a San Francisco team. Like, any San Francisco 49ers. Like, just any of the, like, they're obviously, I'm not a huge Cowboys fan, but the old rival, and I know some Niners fans, some guys that are really nice Niners fans and other ones that are just bang bang niner gang people i'm just like shut the fuck up so it's like (laughs) to me i ended up going i was i guess secretly pulling for the chiefs i just wanted to see a good game and i did that's what we got if i hadn't taken and i like andy Reid. that's okay and that's the thing it's he is the most likable guy like i I mean he really is he's such a good dude he's he i do think he's solidified himself in my opinion like okay Championships wise, if you take that into account, he's the second best ever. I think he's the third best ever. I think Jimmy Johnson was better. He just didn't coach as long. I think that's Jimmy Johnson won a national title and two college, two Super Bowls. You know, he just Jerry fired him. So, but I think if Andy wins another one, he's he's getting close. If they to get Bill. the three peat, that would be now, pretty crazy. Now, has anybody ever three peated? Don't think so. I don't think so either. Now, I will say this before I get to my last dumbass. And and you tell me if I'm wrong here, but I I was listening to a little bit of pardon my take, and it bothered the shit out of me. They were talking about how they no longer need to compare Mahomes to Tom Brady. They should be comparing him to the goats of all sports because he's better, dude. To me, and I don't know that I think ninety percent of people would agree with me, at least in the fact that he's not better than Brady. I think that. In order for him to even be in the same conversation as Brady, he has to win seven. And I think he'd have to win eight for you to ever tell me he's better. Here's why. In his prime, and I know Mahomes is, you know, it was in his early part of his career, but Mahomes in the stretch where he was like really good, right? From like 23 to 28, he played Brady two times, once in Kansas City and once in the Super Bowl. And Brady was at the tail end of his career, completely out of his prime, not the best, not not even close to his best uh, of his career, and Brady beat him both times. He beat him in Kansas City for the AFC Championship and went on to win a Super Bowl, and he beat him in a neutral field Super Bowl, and he beat the living shit out of him, 31-9. to I don't know how you could ever put them in the same conversation. Now, I get it. He Like you're saying, he's on pace. Football's different. It's not like, oh, well, he's got three now. That means he's definitely going to win nine. Oh, no, yeah. He might He might win two more ever. He might, he might win no. He might, he yeah, know, he, yeah. I mean, and look honestly, at Aaron Rodgers. You would have thought he would have won several championships. Exactly. And you look at it, The first. this is the first time ever that a, that a quarterback on a max deal like that won a Super Bowl. It doesn't happen because look at the rest of the team. That's the thing that nobody understands. Not only is this not changing, it's actually going to get worse because you look at some of those young defensive guys, they're going to need to get paid soon, like how good I, they are. They're going to lose guys next year. I think – I don't know exactly when it will happen with Mahomes, but I do think that he – in in uh, some people disagree with this, but I, I think I know – I think as far as like his character, he's a pretty good guy, and I actually genuinely believe at this point – He's getting so close to that conversation, and that matters to him too. That in the next four to five years, he's going to start taking significant pay cuts. You really teams. think so? Yeah, dude, because he's worth. He's already worth so much money. He just doesn't seem like the type of guy to do that. I, he 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 is. I, he he would do it because mainly because listen, if he only had one to two Super Bowls, right? Whatever, and it's like, it, but if he legitimately thought that it's like hey me being doing this 
I can win another three Super Bowls. And dude, you got to realize, like, think about all the State Farm money coming in, whatever. The guy makes a shit ton of money. I, and, I and, get and, it. And it's just rare do you see it, that. He he will. No, I'm not talking like crazy crazy pay cuts, but he'll he'll be like a. I, I'm going to say in five years, whatever. After this next deal goes through, whenever. And he's 30 because he's, what, 29 now? How old is he? 28. Okay. So when he's 33, and then the way the NFL is these days, as you know, these quarterbacks can play until they're fucking 40 years old. Yeah. So I just think I don't that, know if the way he plays you can. Sure, sure. I mean, he's going to have to modify his game a little bit. But he, he, I think he's always going to be able to move decent. Like, even Aaron Rodgers at this age, you know, before he tore the Achilles, obviously. But, like, he could still move okay, yeah. get the job done. And, and Mahomes, to me, is kind of that same – Aaron was more of like a straight – he'd get out in a straight line speed, get what he could. Mahomes was a little shiftier as far as movement. Yeah. But I think – and I could be wrong, but I do think that if he does – once Kelsey's gone, dude, he's going to realize that it's like, okay, do I want an extra $10 million a year? I live in Kansas City at a palace, and I'm worth, you know, $700 million, whatever he's worth. Yeah, My it'll point it, is, it's it, like, eventually a billion. Actual, does the actual 10 to $15 million extra a year yeah. – for me to just be shitty and play, I mean, on a shitty team, or would I rather spend that money elsewhere and compete for championships? And ultimately, people like Brady, people like him that want to win and are driven by being called the greatest of all time will take the pay cut. I think he eventually will. I think we're a few years away from it. But like I said, as soon as Kelsey leaves and he realizes, I'm up shit creek with this contract, and we can't pay these guys on defense, and I also don't even have a receiver to throw the fucking ball to. He's gonna real quickly, I think, take some. And to, and to be fair, a guy that you can look at, and I don't know, I can't remember exactly, but a a guy that you can just say, look what happened to him. Look, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He never took a pay cut. He said, no, you're gonna pay me what I'm fucking worth. And guess what? He didn't win any Super Bowls because they couldn't have anybody around. But him. he also could think, I won one this year doing it. I'm gonna keep, you know, why? Well, I can do. Why not? I can do it. I'm not saying I mean, you're yeah. wrong. You might 100% be right. Here's my other. Here's my other problem with this. Not, not with your argument. I think you have. A, I think you make a good point. He may do it. Do you actually kind of convince me he might do it? What about when Andy Reid leaves? I mean, we're, we're, this is a completely. Andy Reid's one of the greatest coaches ever. I mean, he took Donovan McNabb, made him an All Pro. I mean, basically took the Eagles to four or five straight NFC titles, almost won a Super Bowl, goes to to Kansas City, had plenty of success without Mahomes, not Super Bowl success. Mahomes is the difference there, obviously. I'm not saying he's not. Mahomes is, to me, right now, and I'm not a Mahomes guy, I think he's probably the second greatest ever, in my opinion. Uh, I I don't think you can put him in Brady's category unless he legitimately ties him or beats him. But to me, he's the second greatest ever. I think, so I'll, I'll preface what I'm saying, like, I don't think he's in Brady's conversation by saying, I think he's the second greatest ever, and I said that last night. I was like, the guy's incredible. I mean, the drive at the end of the game, I think he was 8 for 8 uh, with, like, 40, 28 yards rushing. It was just, like, an inc- you flawless. It was flawless. Um, like I said, though, that game could have gone the other way, and very easily, and so could the first Super Bowl against San Francisco. I know the score is misleading. They were down going into the fourth quarter. They were down 10 in all three Super Bowl wins. Yep. So, to me, you know, Andy Reid's 65. He's been coaching for 42 years. He, he All the way back to he's a graduate assistant at BYU back in 1982. So how many more years does Andy have left? He's he's not the in the greatest health. I'm not saying he's not healthy. I'm just saying he's probably a little older than 65. Like, I would guess he's got maybe five, five to seven more years left. 
So, like, I know that's the majority of... And his life? No, You're no, saying no. Andy's going to die? Coaching career, bro. <laughs> coaching career. Wow, how dare you I'm put not that saying on Andy's that. going down. He's got, his hip, he's got his hip cracked uh, by Travis last night. But now that I say that out loud... Maybe, I think he I only... Know. I honestly think he that only he... only have three years left. Yeah, I was about to say, I only now think... Now that I say that out loud. I think that he might only coach... Look, say they... I'm just saying. Say they somehow win the Super Bowl next year. And yeah, then he, Kel- he might be done. And Kelsey's like, oh, I'm done. And then he might be done. And yeah. Mahomes... I honestly don't think Mahomes is going to play his whole career for the Chiefs. He'll end up moving you on think? somewhere. Yeah, because he loves Andy Reid, loves the city. But like, if it becomes, you know, and I know he likes the hunts. He certainly could be there his whole career. Yeah. But if they don't put anybody around him and it turns into the Aaron Rodgers situation in Green Bay, he's going to try to leave and go right, somewhere. Right. Same thing with Brady. I mean, things just eventually run their course. I think if he had it his way, he would stay in KC his whole career. That's true. And if they build people around him, but he could very easily. Once he hits 35 years old, you know, end up going somewhere else for a better situation. So I, I agree with that. I last my last dumbass I'll say real quick is I texted y'all this last night. Maurice Jones Drew. He's on NFL Network, and I tweeted at him multiple times. I hope he read it. Uh, he doesn't have that many followers, so it wouldn't shock me if he did. Uh, this guy is so stupid. He's the this is like a dumbass of the year shit. How nobody told him this, too? That's the funniest part of this. Nobody said anything to him. He kept asking the question. He asked Mahomes. He asked Andy Reid. He asked Travis Kelsey. He kept asking the question. He goes, I was watching the end of the game in overtime, and, and the clock was running down to three seconds, and uh, and you guys were just so calm. Like I was like, are they going to take a timeout? I was, I was tearing up. I was freaking out. Like, why are you guys not calling timeout? But the game was going to, uh, you know, end. And Mahomes, being so nice, didn't call him out. He was just like, oh, you know, we'd been in this situation. We were prepared for it. Our coaches did a great job of preparing us. So, like, I guess by his answer, he didn't realize, like, that he was wrong yeah. because he was so nice. And nobody, none of the other two or three hosts, nobody who's a producer, they have in the ear said anything. So then Kelsey comes on, same question, same answer, same thing happens. Andy Reid comes on, same thing happens. I mean, it was so embarrassing. No one's I'm, correcting him. They're just letting no, him go. And the two and the two Two other analysts sitting there had to be like, oh, my God, like, how come nobody's saying anything? How is the producer not saying anything? He had no idea. Like, okay, I get it. I get it, right? Like, the overtime rules, for me, were confusing right when it first happened. But I fucking figured it out, right? Like, after the after the first, like, when, when the clock was running down and I realized, okay, A, it's not because because Gene Steratore came on and said uh, fourth quarter timing rules are in effect. That was not true because they went out of bounds with under five minutes and the clock and the clock continued to run after they spotted the ball. There was no two minute warning. So I realized that was incorrect. He did say that Gene territory came on and said that. So, but, but then even Romo in the broadcast said it, he goes, cause I was like, I was trying to figure it out. Yes, and Gene's- knew. Romo said it, right? Romo said, okay, the reason if you're wondering that the chiefs are not going fast is they know this is like a first quarter. The game does not end if the clock runs out. So even if you're just a fucking fan watching the game and have the volume on the TV, you would hear that. And yet Maurice Jones drew, who's a former NFL player. Look, not, not to mention if I'm a fucking analyst there and I'm live on TV, I'm going to know before going into that game at the overtime rules. And if I don't, and I fuck up, I'm going to be looking it up immediately on my phone, which he can do because he wasn't on air until after the game. It was absolutely hilarious. I mean, I kept pointing it out. We were dying. There was like four of us in the in the game room watching. We were all laughing so hard, like watching this fucking idiot. No clue. And I, I would love, I haven't looked at the backlash. I don't know if, if like a lot of people picked up on it or not, but 
I, I was I was tweeting at him and I noticed it and he is absolutely my number one dumbass of the week <laughs> because that is embarrassing. He's gonna be a he'll be a, a dumbass of the year candidate come December of That's the hilarious. end of this year. Gene Gene was just probably when he when he was doing it was just giving you the the standard overtime rules. Fourth quarter time. Fourth quarter time, yeah. Because you, because obviously if time expires, the game's game's over at that moment and it's a tie or whatever, you know, or if someone's going down to try to, you know, match a score somehow or, you know, a field goal, right. then obviously the game would just end. But, yeah, right. Gene, ever, I think there was a lot of people confused. But, yeah, Maurice jones true has got to be at least a little bit better at his job down there. I want to uh... – Looking at the uh, – <laughs> on, on ESPN here, they got the new Super Bowl odds out. Niners plus 550. Chiefs plus seven hundred, Ravens plus eight fifty, Bills ten to one, Lions twelve hundred, Bengals thirteen hundred, your Dallas Cowboys sixteen hundred. I saw the sixteen hundred. Eagles eighteen hundred. My Houston Texans twenty two to one. Let me scroll all the, the way down through endless piles well, of guess. shit and find can the I, Titans. Can I guess? Yeah, can I go guess? Ahead. All right, I'm gonna say plus it's five hundred to one is my guess. Um, it is fifteen hundred to one. Wow, that's actually I'm actually no shocked. no no sorry no 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 I'm missing one hundred and fifty to one hundred and fifty to one which that's is stupid. Thought. All okay. the uh, the Panthers are two hundred and fifty to one. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah okay, yeah, so nobody's like, up to five hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds about right. One hundred fifty to one. I mean, that's so, what, you're really, that's there's, worth, yeah. so you're, so you're saying, saying there's, there's a chance, Bailey. So so uh, I think that's worth a a hundred dollar bet. What would that pay out? One hundred fifty thousand dollars. Was that wrong? Fifteen hundred dollars? No, it's a hundred. Yeah, hundred fifty thousand, right? Yeah, or fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand for hundred. Math is hard. Um, did you know that? Real quick, I want to bring okay, big, dog big dog in, in here for but, some but math. Did, did you know what the last play was called? Corn dog. Corn dog, baby, dude. That's the exact same play they ran against the Eagles multiple times last year. That they scored one. Dog. They scored twice on corn dog, and then they scored on corn dog again to win the game. And I want to say one last thing. Was it McCole Hardman that scored the touchdown? Yes. I saw some guy on Facebook, you know, scrolling through. They always have the crazy bet slips of people, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it was like a $12 bet. And it was Jennings for San Francisco, anytime touchdown score. I'd be like McCole Hardman, anytime touchdown score. 15 to and 1. And the Chiefs to win. So, like, that McCole Hardman touchdown, it was like a $7 bet that made the guy like seventeen or like 7000 bucks. That's or actually yeah, nuts, that was dude. funny. So, like, him throwing yeah. McCole Hardman and then winning the game made that guy's $17 bet. That must that have money. been on, like, FanDuel or DraftKings. something weird, yeah. Well, and here's the thing. I have to say, that is the one thing that, that in Texas is so backward for not legalizing sports gambling. But that's the one thing, like, even on Bovada – I can't parlay. I couldn't parlay those things. I was trying to do a Howie uh, Uncut Gym special. I was gonna parlay. I was gonna parlay the coin toss, no touchback, uh, like CMC to win MVP, and like another plus six hundred. And it was gonna be like a seventy seven hundred to one ten dollar parlay to win like seventy thousand dollars and uh, or seven thousand dollars. And and I it wouldn't let me even parlay like two things together. It was it was so stupid. Yeah, I guess they just do that on like the prize picks or Fanduel. Like the uh, DraftKings, just those big, big, the big giant ones or whatever. I couldn't parlay any props. Uh, It was really, really stupid. On my local book, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, parlay props. That, that I get because they can't take that kind of liability. But for for Bovada, that's a little bit ridiculous. Um, Yeah, that was a a a heck of a Super Bowl. Let's bring Big Dog in and see if what his thoughts on the game were. Let's go. Come on, there he is, folks. The man, the myth, the legend. Don't mess with me. 
That's some Super Bowl action right there. Oh, there he goes. All right. Oh, you guys, you guys need to figure out Big Dog's chair before he comes in here. Chair. My All right, God. Now, I'm waiting for some business. Now, real quick. We, we've gone over the whole Super Bowl from start to finish. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't matter. I'll give you my quick take. Give your take. Take is Kelsey was out of line. Ridiculous. Taylor Swift show off grabbing Andy Reid. Never would he do that. Felt the pressure of not getting the ball in the first half. He had one catch or zero catches. One for one yard. One for one yard. Totally, uh, totally driven by a Taylor Swift up in the booth. He's done nothing. Totally shows you he is a guy that is whipped. Whipped. And the bottom line is, let me tell you something. I mean, I love Taylor Swift. I don't have any, and I don't care about these Swifties. Yeah, you don't, well, don't, you I don't, don't give a shit on Not that. even Big Dog can handle the Swifties. Oh, the Swifties are all, <laughs> don't handle their radar. I want Swifties. no part of that. Fuck the Swifties. But oh, don't, out, don't clip here, that. Here, here nor there, I know I think she's got, I think she's done a lot and she is iconic. She has done really well. I like her vibe. She's pretty cool. But what I'm saying is, um, I don't. I don't believe this thing. I don't. I don't, I don't buy her. Anyway, that's not my, my real take. My real take is I was right about special teams. Period. It's always a special. No, teams I know play. you didn't agree. You didn't agree. Y'all don't. Special teams every time in those big games. When matters. you're flying up here. And the bottom. You know. Thank you. I see things in a bigger picture than you guys. That's you right. little people. You people. You people are down here. What do you mean, you people? Well, you know, you people. Here, let me say one thing too. I gotta apologize. <laughs> I've got to apologize to my wife because I made the funny comment about the strippers. I wouldn't get strippers. I'd get midget girls to come to my Super Bowl party. Midget strippers. I wouldn't. I get midget girls. I wouldn't get strippers. You can't say that. Well, you can't okay, say little midget. people, little people, girls. Oh. Okay, dwarfs. dwarfs. He thinks he's Wolf of Wall Street. It's like Wall Wolf Street. of Wall Street. That's what he thinks. He thinks he's the Wolf of Wall Street. I, I would. I, okay, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get improper women at my Super Bowl party. I get dwarves <laughs> that I could throw. Against the the wall with Velcro like he did yeah. to see which picks I want, okay. And I would pay them. They would be paid dwarves, okay. That's actually pretty smart. I know, really? Uh, could you imagine? Might be one of I have a party of twenty dwarf women around me. Dwarf might women. be one of your best ideas. Yeah. I mean, I'm not joking. I think five. I'm going to find some and I'm going to pay them. I'll tell them to give you fifty bucks each to come to a party and you just dance around me. You got to make right? sure they wear helmets. Not, not so dance like that. Oh, yeah, helmets. That's true. That's true. I could start a football league of women dwarves. Oh, I would take off on because yeah. you need something right now. We're in hibernation mode. Oh yeah. If you're a guy, you go to a cabin for five months. Well, no, we you got grow your, a beer. Well, we, seriously, we got your you get XFL some slick beer. Up. You got your XFL coming up. You, you yeah, like I, and I always pick. Oh, it. We're gonna have like the big dog XFL picks of the yeah. week. Yeah, and by He's the way, an XFL guru. Thank you. I guru. am excellent at watching XFL <laughs> and USFL, whatever the hell they call it. All the guys, UFL, all the UFL. guys that have gone to the league from the NFL, this guy's known about. Thank them you. Weeks. Thank you. I before. can pick talent, talent assessment, but I want to say that I can't. You know, I can't go off on about you know that other kind of stuff. But next week. Or when I come back, and we're not doing Monday next week. Y'all are shooting on Wednesday. My studio's packed on Monday, Tuesdays. It's got to make some money. Next week, I'm going to have come back with a take a little more controversial. Than midget than, tossing? Than, <laughs> than midget tossing. Okay. Okay. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Well, I think you got, you got people on the edge of their seats. And by the way, if you can throw a midget that. in my, I'm going to put a 50-yard line, like a little mini 50. If you can throw the midget. More than thirty yards, you win thousand dollars from me. Oh, thousand dollars cash! You hear so, that, okay. folks? Um, One thousand. So also, if you go to send me videos of you throwing them. 
thousand bucks. Thirty bucks. Um, but I'm just, just I'm joking. I'm I was joking. We were people, so close to getting some sponsors, the people, and, the and then people, he had to come uh, on. How good your fucking golf game looks these days. Did you see that? Did you just see oh, me up there? Oh, my God. I hit a ball. He hit a ball out of the bunker in the hole. Thank you. And not only that, Wait, what, I hit a ball. Close enough. Uh, hole five, where you walk up and you go, this is your ball. I'm, I'm 10 yards from the I green. I mean, 300 yards down Thank there you. easily. So I'm supposed to hit the ball. With my age, I'm supposed to hit uh, it about 120 <laughs> yards. That was 240. Oh, uh, wait. Was that 240. Thank all you. of 240. All of 240. Out of the sand? You see how my out of sand shot? Oh, yeah. All I got to get, no, I got to get I my know five. old ladies at Rock and Jay who can hit it 120. Hey, I watched Daily real quick. Daily was saying, on your five, six, and sevens are a nightmare to hit for me as well. I hit him like a wedge. He taught me a trick daily. I watched his little Instagram. He said he hits his five, six, and seven irons like he's hitting a wedge. Don't hit it too hard. Just try to hit it underneath the ball. I'm going to start practicing that. I'm going to try and get John Daly to come on the podcast. I mean, me and Daly would be good hanging out together. Me and him would be great. I think he likes music, too. But my point is – He drinks, so, smokes, and gambles. You don't do any of that shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I You gamble. like people to think that you I are. gamble. You don't gamble. You owe oh, me like – Oh, my God. You owe me $33,000. That's I gamble. Fake news. He owes fake me $33,000, and Turner can <laughs> attest to it. Uh, but here my, here's my other take. We are, in a, we are in an NBA. I want to say one thing, and I'm almost done. The NBA I watched the other night texted Dylan. The, the L.A. – no, the Dallas Mavericks – literally went down. They scored 160 points. They went down and shot three points from the corner the entire quarter. It was 90 or 89 in the first half. The NBA and Adam Silver has ruined it. No one's going to watch that. You keep saying, don't get rid of the three-point line. No one wants to watch regular season NBA. You watching regular season NBA? No. Thank you. I can barely watch regular season college, and that's because the coaches in college don't allow it. The NBA, uh, can you imagine 90 points and a half or 89? That is ridiculous. It is a boring athlete. They need to change it and figure it out. A solution for the three-point line. It, they're popping them like nothing now. Nothing. The final score I was telling Dylan, you were complaining about it that night too, it was Friday night, and it was the – the Lakers New Orleans game. I think yep. it slowed down a little bit. It did slow down. down. It slowed, it slowed down, down a little bit. It was the score at halftime was what? Oh, here we it go. It was eighty-eight to seventy-four. Eighty-eight yeah. to seventy-four at halftime. At halftime, the final score was one thirty-nine to one twenty-two. Yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but my point is, who wa- who's going to watch that? And these prima donnas and the money that they're going to get, the TV deal, it's it's they're in they're in they're on a down they're in a downfall. I don't I can't wait to see the playoff. The playoff ratings will be good based well, on the everybody teams. likes watching the playoffs. I love watching the playoffs. Yeah. I'm going to start watching the NBA now. I think that oh, I can. I think if you're the commissioner of the professional midget tossing league, Thank can you. we get away from we this? We could make way more money than the NBA. Can, you know what? I'd watch that. I'd seriously watch that. I would really watch them playing basketball rather than I would. You know what I'll do? I'm gonna do a basketball Can game. I have some help here? Listen, I'll do a basketball game where I I'm stuff the only all of them. One on the show. I will slap them back. I will slap. Put them on a court, ten to one, and I will play ten of them. <laughs> and I will slap and take get back trick. Big dog. that big ball back, dog. slamming it back. Big dog. But anyway, I'm not against. He's, I, he's the type I have of five guy. Five friends that are that are small people. Five. <laughs> all right. Oh, really? so that makes it okay yeah. for you to throw five. them at a party. Yeah, I couldn't. Their, I can't name their names, but there's five. Do you? Are they like? In right. a, are they like in a little kiss tribute, man? <laughs> yeah, they are the midget kiss. Midget kiss. Midget kiss. 
But they're not, that would be called. an awesome band kiss. name. I forgot what I called. Yeah, but real baby, quick, baby kiss, little kiss. Listen to Chris Leak. Chris Leak, seven dwarves. And, and, <laughs> and the bottom line is that the NBA is unwatchable at this point. So what I want everybody to get out there and watch the UFL, whatever the hell they're calling it now. Watch something. The NFL needs to develop a spring league only about seven games to get us to, to July because you got a lot of cliff divers right now. You got the guys that are sitting on the ledge about to jump because they got nothing else in their lives going on. Seriously. The UFL doesn't start till March 30th. Yeah, and that's ridiculous, oh, too. And they should God. The NFL needs to start a four or five just cities only where they bring the teams in. There's no home field and that crap. It's NFL-based, so therefore people are interested. Maybe that's where you bring in the overseas leagues. That's where you say we're going to play in London. But it is the Tampa Bay Bucks B team. It is the Dallas Cowboys B team. you got all the fans of the NFL watching on a summer league, which really starts in March. Okay? Brilliant fucking ideas is what I come up with. Seriously. So I'm back to work today. I want to say I'm sorry for all the rude things I've said because I want to make sure they get sponsorships. And I can bring sponsorships in, so I really don't give a fuck what I say. Because if I want to bring sponsorships in, I fucking can. That's the bottom line. Can, I can, go I can ahead, bring Coca-Cola please, please, in or like, something if I it. want. But my bottom, because I, my record label had more sponsors than any other label ever. We had everything sponsored. I already said that. But anyway. So if um, you had a weekly podcast back then, um, you would not have had any sponsors. I would so. have my own podcast and I'd have sponsors like Red Bull and people like that that can kick my edge. They, they can get who I am. I say it like it is. Edgy shit. Edgy stuff. I do. But by the way, this isn't for the podcast. I say it every hour of the day, that, every minute. Right. I would love to say this was a show for the podcast, but he's, I wouldn't say that he's quite geared up quite this high, but I mean, he's pretty much just exact same person off air. And by the way, I watched the Martha Stewart on CNN. I could, I was mesmerized by how much we're alike. Me and Martha, Martha? You know, she stays, she, she can't get enough hours in the day. She sleeps three or four hours a day. She's amazing. She was a great story, but here's the one thing she said. She got hit by lightning three times so you're wrong she said i got hit in the ear one time i got hit over here and i believe it gave me something the day i got fucking hit by lightning is when the pick started coming in and he thinks i didn't get hit i had to call 911 and they were like my god you're alive the martha said the she picks? got the picks of my picks since that day have been incredible you picked the niners to win last yeah, night they almost did <laughs> Yeah, I picked him. They with almost them. did. No, they did almost win. What are you talking about? Yeah, but you got. Oh, and the by pick the way, and by the way, you act like a piece of lightning hit you, and you became a savant, a sports betting savant. You lost thirty-three thousand dollars to me. Martha got hit three times. By the way, let you me never see. were hit by lightning. Yes, I was hit you by lightning. Oh my god, I was spiked by lightning. Number one, number two. <laughs> let's just say one thing. I told you this thing, and this morning I listened to. I got up at seven. Put on the, my wireless headphones and just ran each show because I have YouTube TV. I can go back. Everybody praised Brock and said nobody praised Richard Brock Sherman. Party. Said this nobody really? Did. He said the last three. He goes right. The last three drives just because the third quarter he threw out with eleven throws. He said field goal, field goal, field goal. McCaffrey, McCaffrey, McCaffrey. Holmes, field goal, field goal, touchdown. Turner, if the San Francisco 49ers win the game, who would Field goal, field goal, touchdown, field goal, field goal, field goal. Bottom line is, he said, went toe-to-toe. Every time the Chiefs came down, they came down. No, he didn't. Nothing to do with Purdy. And they broke down the blitz. Nothing to do with Purdy. The missed blitz pickup on the goal yard, the goal the he didn't, really, he didn't read run. the blitz. He didn't know how to read a blitz. It doesn't matter. He, he's Turner, played, if the, he's played 21 games, 
21 NFL games. If the, the 49ers, if the 21. 49ers would have won the game, who would have won the MVP? Oh, McCaffrey. Thank you. And Purdy was not very good. Because McCaffrey had 160 yards and a touchdown. Yards. You're wrong. Purdy would have ended with two touchdowns if no, they he won. Yeah, yeah, two because no, he, he would have won on a touchdown, dummy. No, so McCaffrey would have run touchdown. it in. Could have oh, run it no, in. No, he's not. Two touchdowns and 300 yards. Mahomes had 333 and two touchdowns. So he had what, 70 more yards what, and, two, and another no, touchdown. If he would have okay. had 50 more yards had they won the game. <laughs> when, All right? he, hey, look, if Your Purdy, point's stupid. If Purdy, Purdy, Purdy can play. Hey, if Purdy, and no one this morning said anything except praises. In fact, last night, he, Hasselback went on with SVP, who's you can go look it up, and they're like, oh, he's great. He can play. Not only can he play, he's no manager, he's an executive. That was that was his line. No if, manager. The kids oh, he was Richard Sherman. Well, Richard Sherman praised him all that. So did Michael Irving, and so did. Hey, I all right, I'm going to cut it. half of this. Skip. If you can't, if, cut, hey guys, 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 if guys, oh, if you can't cut midget wrestling. No, I'm cutting just when he goes on and talks over everybody because he's wrong. Like, like, oh yeah, if Purdy had 70 more yards passing and another 50. touchdown. He would have won the MVP. If my wow. Had, if what a take there. He would have had to have a touchdown. What a take. He would have 70 yards and a touchdown. He wins. If had ball, she'd be my uncle. That's because right. That's what they say. Here's the thing. This is the funny thing. Is that you say he wouldn't have had a touchdown. How would he win without a touchdown? Of course he would have had a touchdown. Oh, yeah, because that's just assuming that he would have thrown yeah, a touchdown there. that's what there. they were doing down there. They weren't running with McCaffrey down they there. They ran the ball with McCaffrey down there. They ran the ball with no. McCaffrey. That's the only way. He had 80 yards, Dylan. He Hold had 80 on. yards, 150 total. They he didn't have 100 yards the, running. The reason. He didn't have 100 running. He had 160 scrimmage yards. And the reason that they didn't win is because All, they threw the ball. Had they run and McCaffrey would have gotten the ball, they, they would have won and he would have won the MVP. I'm but done. what they did was yeah, they sure. threw it. And when you throw the ball with Brock, he shits himself. And they and they and I want to disprove your diarrhea down the leg. I, I want to disprove your stupidity. Not only did they throw the ball on the three drives where he scored three field goals, they threw it more than they ran it. So you're wrong. That's why they lost. You're wrong. They got the three three field goals. Three field goals is not. A, but it doesn't matter. Win. It was a tied game. They went to overtime because he threw the ball. No, like Kyle they threw said the ball on the after. Yeah, they played more of Kyle later. He's like, let him throw the ball. He did great. He and they took lost. us down the field. Quote: He took us down the field three times. And they lost. Thank you. So the, it wasn't McCaffrey that took him down the field. It was Brock Purdy. Did they win? No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so I was totally right. My boy's Do, good. Doesn't he matter. Said Lee Harvey Oswald is in the game. He's playing. He he's does too look good. just like Lee Harvey Oswald. Like Lee Harvey Oswald. That's who he is. You can take a photo of him. He's Lee Harvey Oswald. So I got a roll. I got a roll. Got to go make some. Make some. Go make some big dogs. Got to go make. Yeah. Get out. Get out. Close looking, the door. Looking We're not great done. today, Close big dog. Door. I mean, just, just, I mean, I don't have speechless. I Unhinged today. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was what, supposed what to be is, an apology and it turned into throwing midgets. What the fuck? Yeah, he basically. going on? Well, but what it was was you, your mom Your mom told him that he had to apologize. So he apologized for the stripper comment. You're responsible. But then he went midget wrestling. You're responsible tossing. for quite a bit of this, I must say. I just sit here, it's, dude. I would say, like, like, four, it's like you got to. I'm not gonna you act. Gotta, you gotta I'm not gonna act like he's a normal human. He's responsible for seventy percent of it, but it could stop at points, or you could not bring up topics, and you you create thirty percent of that content. <laughs> just so you know, I give the people what they want to see. Just so you know, it's big dog talking about real, real important things. It's what they want to hear. By you the gotta way, have the you got to have this segment of the show. It's. You got to talk about sports, but then you have to have 
what Big Dog's been thinking of the week. Not necessarily Big Dog and, and his seven dwarves. We don't have to have that. Uh, you know, we could have just some normal talk about whatever. You know, hey, he's the one that came in here and brought up midget tossing. I agree, but I agree. But you, you sure egged it on. Uh, by the way, shout out to I think it's Oz uh, or uh, the Mentalist in the Hard Knocks episode with the Jets, the preseason Hard Knocks. He did that like magic shit, and he predicted to McCole Hardman, who was on the Jets, that his team would beat the Niners in the Super Bowl. Never a doubt, baby, because Hardman went back to the Chiefs and they won last night. He That's got the, wild. Isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah, he predicted. Was that, McCole that, Hardman there just for like a week or something? I don't know how long what? he was there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. even because they were but talking I will about say, him being on the Jets. So I was like, I don't even remember him being on the but, Jets. But dude, I will say the Chiefs are turning into the Patriots, right? I mean, you get these guys go out. They're pretty good on your team, or they're okay. They go to another team. They suck. They're just spies for the other team. Yep. They steal their stuff. They come back. He ruined Aaron Rodgers' career, comes back, and scores the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. It's the Patriots 2.0. It's what they are. The Patriot way. The Patriot way. I hear. Hey, incoming Eric Bieniemy. Here he comes, coming right back. He stole all the stuff from the Washington Commanders, ruined the franchise for one season. Now he's coming right back. Um, let's talk real quick. I We, we won't really – do NBA. There's nothing interesting in NBA from this week. You know, as we get closer to the playoffs, we will. But I do want to talk some college basketball. We're less than a month away from the conference tournaments. We had a heck of a weekend of basketball. Um, this is crazy. This is the first year um, that this has ever happened. Top 10 teams ranked, uh, or sorry, teams ranked in the top 10 playing on the road against unranked teams. In the past, 73% the last 10 years. 43% win percentage this year on the road. It's been absolutely wild. There's been upsets every single weekend. We saw a number of upsets on Saturday. Number six, Tennessee loses at AM by double digits. Auburn, number 12, uh, fresh off of a domination of their rival Alabama at home. They've looked really good in the SEC. They get beat by 25-plus against unranked Florida. Number 10, Illinois loses at unranked Michigan State by seven. Number 11, Wisconsin loses their fourth straight. This one at Rutgers. That's their fourth, or I'm sorry, three of their last four games. They've lost on the road to an unranked team. They lost to Nebraska, Michigan, and then now they lose to Rutgers. They lost to Rutgers by 20. I mean, damn, UNLV went into the pit and beat a really good New Mexico team uh, in, a, in one of the tougher environments in college basketball. Uh, you know, this has been a wild season. And then you get a whole, like, a, a wrench there where you see Gonzaga go into Rupp Arena, and, and Gonzaga's not been good. I didn't have a quad one win all year, and they beat Kentucky. Uh, you know, it's been an absolutely ridiculous year. What Did you watch these games this weekend? I did not. I was at my niece's basketball tournament, which was real high-level stuff. I heard I they went to overtime. Couple, yes, went to went to OT, lost at the last second. I think the games were, yeah, the games were. Devastating. I think one of the games was a 14 to 13 thriller. Oh, so it went over the total. Yeah, <laughs> according to my brother. He said so before every game. Um, but uh, Put that yeah, I didn't watch a lot of college basketball, but now that football's over, I will definitely, you know, this is the time of year that I'm always interested in, but this is the time of the year I'll start watching, you know, all the games on Saturdays. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I will say, a couple of, like, interesting points. UConn and Purdue continue to be just dominant. And, yep. and it's not close. Like, they're the only two teams who I consistently trust to go on the road and win games uh, in hostile environments. Uh, I might actually be starting to believe a little bit more in Purdue. I still want to see them do it in the tournament. I still won't pick them to go to the Final Four unless they just have a really easy path. But 
I'm getting a little bit uh, I'm getting a little bit more impressed by them as the weeks go on. UConn's the best team in the country. The only top ten team to win on the road on Saturday was uh, Arizona, which was actually maybe the most surprising. I thought they were gonna lose to Colorado, who was thirteen and zero at home. You know, interestingly enough, Colorado has a kid um, who is like a, a top draft pick. Uh, man, what is his name? Um, he was there was like seven there was like seven or eight. Oh, uh, Cody Williams. There was like seven or eight San Antonio Spurs front office people and scouts there watching him in that game on Saturday. 24 in the building. They are saying, and we were talking about this beforehand, I think Dalton Connect of Tennessee is the best college player in, in this year. I don't think it's close Like for as far as NBA prospects. And uh, they're saying Cody Williams is going to be the first collegiate player taken off the board. I don't get it. I hope the Spurs huh. do not take him. He looked horrific in that game. I think he scored six points. Uh, just looks like he's not ready for for an NBA um, physicality. Not that not that there's any defense played there. A um, couple other things, and and you can jump in here at any point. But really, I, I'm interested to see how much longer Andy Enfield has at USC. We know he's got Bronny James, who is an All American. They have uh, Isaiah Collier, who's like considered a top draft pick prospect as well. They are horrific. They lost to Stanford on the road by 30. Uh, I did have Stanford in that game, thank God, because I lost on BYU. But I, you're USC. You get the, you're getting the talent. It, it reminds me kind of like of the old Texas when they had Shaka Smart, and they get like one or two All-Americans every year, and you just can't figure out why they can't win. But he's got to go soon. And I mean, USC is really not good. Yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the deal is. I think he'll be gone as soon as like you know Bronny James might like him so maybe they keep him I I don't know if Bronny's staying another year or what's going to happen but I I assume he's going to be gone here real soon so they're 9 and 15 3 and 10 in the Pac-12 last place in the conference and that's, it's only going to get really, harder because really, they're switching conferences it's really hard to do like it doesn't even make, it makes zero sense in the Pac-12 like, yeah you get like really good players so I don't know if it's just a just an absolute coaching issue or like he's just completely lost the locker room and all the kids just care about that's what it feels stats. like it's got to be it right but but you it is and I weird mean, um uh penny hardaway came out earlier this year and basically said it's the same thing at memphis like trying to get all yeah. these collectively like all these individuals playing like you know like one common goal where it's not about them just getting their points right so yeah but it's got to a- be tough but i mean usc's way worse than Memphis. Yeah, so. there's a difference between that where you're still like borderline being ranked in the top 25 and and USC where you're losing to uh Cal Irvine, Long Beach State, uh you know, you're losing at home to Washington State. Although Washington State's actually been really good this year. Oregon State, your last place in the Pac-12, 9 and 15, 3 and 10 in conference. Just uh, you know, not like that conference is stacked by any means. You should be you should be at least 500 in the conference with that much talent. I know Collier's been out, but really disappointing i i he was good at florida gulf coast he was a good coach i'm very very surprised that he hasn't been able to turn that program around but he's got to be out of there he needs to go back to a mid-major and uh get back to his roots because he has not not looked good um nope not I, at all i do want to talk a few we have a good game tonight texas tech and kansas i do like uh texas tech in that game i got him at minus two they're all the way up to three and a half right now. I don't know if there's value left at three and a half, but McCuller still out for Kansas. That was a crazy game too. Baylor Kansas this weekend came down to the last. I few just seconds. saw the highlights on here. Them Baylor yeah. having those shots to. They had two wide open threes to tie yeah. it and miss both. Uh, gonna do you think? Uh, 
do you think the Big 12 – what what conference do you think wins the title? Like, do you think the Big 12 is like the old Big East where a lot of the times – not every year because they did get some champs. UConn won a couple years. But does it, a lot of times the Big East would beat each other up so much and then they would get in the tournament and ha- not have the success that people thought because they were so – Yeah, I mean, I think, from the whole year. I think the Big 12 is clearly the – bottom you know top bottom best conference but as far as like winning the title i don't know i don't i think it's going to do houston a lot of good just being battle tested this year i don't think they can win the national championship but either they just can't shoot it well enough which is kind of always their issue but um we'll see i think i think they're ranked i was looking here ranked third so i mean obviously they're still really good I, you know, it's weird because they haven't had the greatest year, but I think if anybody out of the Big 12 wins it, it's going to be Kansas. Because it's just, no, yeah, I agree. I mean, I just think that well, on paper, then they got Dickinson they, as a big man. They, it, it, You know, obviously it depends on whatever their little guard's name is. I always forget uh, that's kind of – Oh, uh, Dewan Harris? Yeah, Dewan Harris. It's like they kind of get – when he plays good, they can beat everybody. When he plays bad, they're He's questionable very tonight, although I think he's going to play. McCullough is out. I will say yeah. – they, in my opinion, the key for Kansas, and I know, um, you know, we don't get too specific in college basketball yet, but we're going to. Johnny Furphy is a freshman from Australia, and they inserted him into the starting lineup like eight or nine games ago. He has been outstanding. He's shooting like 46% from three. He rebounds. He's really they, – they have the best starting five in the country when they're healthy, I think, with K.J. Adams, McCuller, Dewan Harris, Hunter Dickinson, and Johnny Furphy. Yeah. The problem is they don't have any depth. Uh, that's their biggest issue. They have they have a, a transfer from Townsend, um, Timberlake, who's horrible. He's been super disappointing. They have an All-American freshman who we watched early in the year. Uh, I forget his name, a little black kid. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and, and we were wondering where he was or he who was, he was from. He's yeah. horrible. He's highly rated kid. Yeah, yeah, horrible. But anyway, um, I do uh, – give me one team before we – I want to talk one more thing, but give me one team who you think could make a surprise run, and if you can, and one team who you think is going to get upset early in the tournament who's, like, relatively highly ranked. Uh, I could see Wisconsin get bounced out in the they first round. They've looked terrible. I've kind of thought that you the, said that before they, they were, went on that street too. I didn't think they're very good. Yeah, um, you did. saw them play early in the year, and yeah, now it's not really going out on a limb. A uh, team that I think can make a deep run that no one's really talking about. Um, there's Indiana State ranked for the first time since Larry I'm Bird. Glad. There, um, I that no one's really talking about. I think um, who did I see play earlier? That was pretty man. You know. The way BYU shoots it, I could see them making a pretty good run. They're not great, but it's just like they're one of those teams that could – I mean, I watch as far as basketball goes, more Big 12 basketball than any. I've seen them play a few times, and, like, they typically – Provo's a really tough place to play. So, you know, they typically beat the shit yeah. out of everybody there. But I don't know. That's someone that's kind of in the middle of the pack there that I could see making a run. I don't know. That would be my little – I don't know if I'd call them a surprise team. I also have seen – <laughs> Utah State's one of those teams that's weird to play in the Mountain West. I've seen them play, and I've seen them play a couple times where they just look really fucking good, and they could beat anybody. I think yeah. they have one prospect that's pretty high on their team. I forget his name, but, um, yeah, I'd say those two teams. But, like I said, I haven't really gotten into watching near as much as usual, and I will here this month because that's what we got left. No more football. I know. It's crazy. It's, it's actually sad. But, um, yeah, I think, I think for me, man, it – a lot of these teams could lose early. I would say, I would say, 
I'm going to go ahead and say Duke. I think Duke is really bothered by physicality. They've got good enough guards, so they probably won't lose that early. But I, I, I think I could see them with an early exit. Two, two teams that are relatively highly ranked now but haven't gotten a lot of respect who I could really see making a Sweet 16 or Elite 8 run are Iowa State. Iowa State's defensively really good, and they're normally bad offensively, but they've been much better offensively. They've mm-hmm. also shown they can win on the road this year, which they haven't done in, in years past. I think they can make a really good run. Lipsy is a very good guard. They've got bigs. They've got this kid, uh, this foreign kid who can really shoot it, um, who's a, a true freshman. I kind of think they can make a deep run. And then South Carolina has surprised a lot of people. I was just about to fucking say. They're 21-3. and three. Yeah, they're ranked. Le- I had no idea. Well, they've, had no, they've got no respect. They didn't really play much of a non-conference schedule. Yeah. But they, they're going to win. It looks like they're going to win the regular season SEC That's the way it crazy. plays out. Uh, I wonder what their projected preseason yeah, in the SEC. The, the only team that I think, I mean, they definitely could end up having a, 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 a losing stretch. But looking at this. They go at Auburn. If they were to somehow win at Auburn, they will win the SEC because they still have LSU at home. They still have Mississippi State, Florida, A&M, like Ole Miss. They don't have a ton of ranked teams left. They get Tennessee at home. Um, you know, they, they've looked really, really good. They shoot the ball well. They defend. And then the last team I'm going to say, and this is a team that I actually will – this is a team that I could definitely see myself taking into the Sweet 16 and even into the Elite Eight. My Nebraska Cornhuskers. They shoot the ball well. They they have a really good big who poses matchup nightmares because he can shoot it and rebound. He can post up. Um, Rent Mast is his name. Really, really good player. Got some great guards. I love Fred Hoiberg. He's been in the tournament. He's done it. I think that team is a Sweet 16 team. They're not ranked. Nobody's going to talk about them. They're going to get in either in like that first four. They're either going to be like a first four team and they're going to be that one first four team who makes like a super deep run like UCLA did a couple while a couple years ago or they're going to get like a 10 or an 10 or a 9 seed and they're going to be a team like let's say they get like a 9, they'll be a team who upsets a 1 in the second round. That's I I truly believe that. I yeah. think that they're when they are healthy can play that, with anybody. Yeah, like you you look at it like when they're healthy, they haven't won on the road, which is a little bit, you know, alarming but they weren't healthy for a lot of that stretch since they've gotten healthy they've actually played really competitively on the road um almost almost won on the road at illinois the other night in overtime so i like nebraska a lot that's that's been my team all year that i really really like um but we'll see how that plays out they can shoot it well they're a good team last thing and we'll be done caitlin clark eight points away from breaking the all-time women's scoring record she had a shot to do it she needed 39, I believe, to do it on Saturday, on Sunday, yesterday before the Super Bowl, and they actually lost the game. They were 17 and a half point favorites playing at Nebraska. But interestingly enough, from a betting perspective, I bet if you faded Iowa on the road, because if you, it's crazy, dude. I don't know. I know you probably don't watch much of her, but their crowds, the crowds when she plays in a road arena, are like. It's sold out, and you just don't see that in women's basketball, and Vegas hasn't adjusted for that. So, like, they're down seven. They're up seven, Iowa was, with, like, you know, four, three minutes to go. It, it was over, and yet they're still going to cover the 17 and a half. All of a sudden, Nebraska goes on this crazy run that, like, you just never see happen in women's basketball because there's no home court advantage, but the crowd was going absolutely nuts. Kaitlin Clark ha- goes over in the fourth quarter, doesn't score, doesn't get the record, and actually Nebraska wins the game and beats him outright as a 17 and a half point underdog. Huh. Um, really, really interesting from that perspective. But also, if you um, – if you want to see history, I would 
tune in to Caitlin Clark playing. I, I can't remember when they play their next game. Um, I believe it's Tuesday, but she needs eight points, which there's like a, oh, yeah, a 99.99% yeah, chance that that, uh, that will happen um, in her next game. They take on, let's see, they take on Michigan uh, on Wednesday. I'm sorry, on Thursday. Michigan at home on Thursday. So they will. she will break the record in that game. I don't know. If she comes back, she'll have a chance to break uh, Pete Pistol Pete's all-time scoring record for all genders, which uh, – That's which, not a record, Dylan. Why? Don't talk about Pistol Pete's record. Why? Right? Caitlin Clark does not count against Pistol Pete. No, I agree. I'm just kidding. I well, no, I agree, though. There was only, he did it without – didn't he do it without a three-point yeah. line? Yeah. <laughs> did it without a three-point line in four years. She would do it in six uh, yeah. with a three-point line. Like, not even – I know. Close. I remember when it was crazy that that guy – I don't know if he got – wasn't there, like, a record that the kid – did the kid break Pistol Peach record? Get close to kid. There's a kid from Detroit Mercy that was there for like seven years and would score like thirty points a game. Oh yeah, still, no, he didn't break. Yeah, it. he did, but he was close. He was like right? one was, point away or yes, something. Yes, and I was like, oh my god, please, no! It was gonna be what it was. It was, was he was a, a few more points in that away. It wasn't just one, but it, it was close. You're right. But what happened was they were trying to get a bid into some like shitty CBI or something so he could break it. None of the tournaments gave him a Yeah, bid. yeah, yeah. I'm They're glad like, they no, didn't. You're not going to break this. Yeah. I'm glad this they didn't. This kid was like he on didn't a deserve shitty it. Detroit And he team. was tweeting about it all pissed off. Like, I can't believe they did me like that. Like, yeah, nah, bro. And they were horrible. They so, were like, horrible. They shouldn't have gotten into a tournament, but no. they were like, are they going to put him in so he break the record? I'm like, not to mention, it's so stupid because, yeah, Pistol Pete did it in four years. Dude, I'm sorry. He did it in three years. Yeah. I just looked it up. Whatever. He averaged. No, no. I said the same That's thing. That's crazy. Yeah. Three years, 44.2 points per game. 44.2 without a three-point line. In, he played 83 games in three seasons and scored over almost 4,000 points. Sounds like, 3, big, sounds like big dog stats. When you oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll have to ask him what you in there. Oh, yeah. Of course. Big dog, <laughs> big dog says he averaged 26 a game in high school without a three-point line. Easy. In in uh in eighth grade, seventh grade, yes. yeah, that uh, makes yes. a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Well, he, well, he claims that in oh no, he claims in church league they had the three point line before the NBA. Yes, I do remember. In that. church yes, league, right. they had the three yeah. point line before the NBA. Yeah, that's funny. We'll have to bring that up to him. All right, we'll wrap it up there. We had uh that was our twentieth episode. Um, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And we are going to have some, hopefully, some new guests on soon. We'll be talking NBA and college basketball next week. Unfortunately, the depression will set in as football is over for yeah. all of us. At least we got the basketball um, tournament coming. We up. got NCAA tournament Once coming up. That's over. That's when it's. That's when it really out. hits, right? Then we got like we got to we got to get through June with the playoffs, NBA playoffs, and then you know we got those that two months of just nothing. So, um, but we will be back next week, uh, midweek, with the basketball show, and we'll talk uh, a little bit of men's college basketball, NBA, and whatever other sports are going on. But thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoy, and we will see you next time. Oh, big dog.